0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In podcast and oh my god we have so much to get through on and off the track. This I'm thoroughly looking forward to this podcast because we're going to get to talk about top class horses in group ones in not only England, Ireland and France too and we get to talk about some of the people in the game who have been causing a bit of controversy. So we've got loads of bases to cover, hence why we're going to essentially kick straight on. At very quick check-in. Brendan, did you enjoy Irish Champions Weekend? presume you were there.
1: Yes, I was there. I'm delighted I, I only read this morning that uh, Leppardstown got 10000 which was the upper end of uh, what, what they were expecting crowd-wise. And from a personal point of view, I booked a winning week, which hasn't happened in some time, and um, also... I'm feeling very lucky because I backed two. Uh, the, the two main winning bets I had were Broadhurst and a young fella called Vincent Norman in the golf. And both of them came from the depths of hell, Femka ball style, to get up on the line. So I'm feeling very positive, Vanessa.
0: We love that. We love that. Was it a winning weekend for you, TC, and your Saturday betting briefing? How's that going? Was it a successful week?
2: Yeah, it was good. Yesterday was good. Laid dead. a couple of uh, short price losers of O'Brien's. Um, Vespertilio one was one that got away. Actually, that Broadhurst, um, it was a massive drifter, wasn't it? And apparently, that nearly died in May. So uh, that one literally probably did come back from the dead, just about. Uh, for well, you here's wow. one for you,
1: Tony. <laughs> I backed him at seven point six. About four minutes before the off, I looked a minute before the off, and he was out to nine point six. And then I looked again. Just as they were about to jump and he was back into 7.8. These markets, man. I'm like, trying to trap lightning, right?
2: I'm telling you <laughs> now, right? Just, just very quickly, I backed quick. Lawrence at 20s. He actually went off at 98.5.
0: Nice. I mean,
2: <laughs> what the hell is going on with these markets?
0: Um, Kevin, I imagine your weekend was full of highs and a few lows. Would that be right in saying? Yeah, yeah,
3: she looks same as most people. So it's a very low lows, but there you go. Um, such is the great game. Um, especially when the weather gods intervene. But we get into it, plenty of highs to deal with too.
0: Yeah, let's let's we will get to uh the sprint, the flying five in due course. But for now, let's kick off with the main event of the weekend, which of course was the Irish Champion Stakes. And there is so much to unpick here, not only in the race itself, but of course in the aftermath as well. August Rodan wins beating stablemate Luxembourg, English horses finishing well just behind them, Nashua, best of them, but also, of course, King of Steel. Uh, let us focus in on the performance, Brendan, of the favourite and the winner in August Rodin to start with before we get into the details of those in behind. Uh, was this a career best from August Rodin?
1: Um, was it? It was in and It was in and around a career best. Yeah, I mean Luxembourg was another horse. It was hammered in the betting. Um, whether the, the tactical edge was a factor in that, I I don't know. But he he was very heavily backed. Wasn't far away from going off five on the machine at the off. Uh, they got the tactics spot on. Bally Doyle basically pace seemed to hold up all day in Leopardstown. They were in, they were in the right place. Uh, the the, the two English horses you mentioned, King of Steel and, and particularly Nashua, uh, probably weren't in the in in the right place. I kind of feel like I know Kevin Stock got a text to say your services are no longer required. I kind of feel at this stage Holly Doyle's getting away with a bit with this Nashua, isn't she? Probably should have won the Nassau, probably should have won the Irish champion stage. She gave away cheap lengths early in both races, couldn't get them back. Um, But from from the point of view of Nashville's connections, they must be absolutely delighted because her last four runs, uh, she she bolted up in the Falmouth. Uh, Again, probably should have won in Goodwood, ran a huge race in York and uh, ran a huge race at the weekend. So uh, whatever race she goes for, Later in the season, they, they they can expect perhaps another career best from her. But I I would, if I was the connections of Nashville, I'd feel it was one that got away on Saturday.
0: Alright, okay, those are Brendan's initial takeaways. TC, in terms of the winner, August Rodan, he has been introduced for the Breeders' Cup to turf at 7-2 and he has been cut to 10-1 to one from 20s for the arc and he is now 7-2 to two from 6s for the champion stakes. Of course, this performance off the back of him flopping dramatically when we last saw him. Lots of focus in on the trainer, getting him back to put in a performance like this on home turf, but also a lot of focus, no getting away from the fact that those disappointments have come when he's travelled more often than not, all of what I've just mentioned involves travelling away from Irish shores. Would you be interested in him for any of those aforementioned later season targets at those prices?
2: Um, given his profile, until he gets to the day, no, I wouldn't say so i wouldn't back him any post. But this flying thing, I'm not. I'm not really buying this. You know, he won at Donny and he won Epsom, didn't he? So. Mm-hmm. He was all right like flying them supposedly. Um, yeah. I don't. I
3: don't. Did they? I did. Wasn't there some change? Would at Epsom? With, to their usual travel routine because of because of the race being early? They went over a day early. I don't know if they flew or if they boated. But um, there definitely was. Do you remember there was there was a big change to the normal routine on account of the race having to start early because yeah. of um, what was the FA
2: Cup final or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he flew both times, but I, I don't know. Um, it was just a brilliant training performance, wasn't it? And if you remember, a lot of people were speculating that the horse had bled when disappointing uh, previously. I, I met, and obviously that was readily dismissed by Aiden. Um, it was interesting. I just went and had a look at the Dan because I think people might have been. Putting two and two together because the dam apparently. I'm looking back at the story. Actually, the dam rhododendron apparently was the worst ever bleed that Aiden's ever seen when when she was pulled up in the French Oaks and um, um and remarkably Aiden got that horse back to win the Prix de l'Opera two starts later uh, after being pulled up. Um, so it's, it's- yeah that, that
3: was that was where that came from, Tony. Remember, I looked into it at the time when when people were saying, oh, he bled after Newmarket. And, um, you know, Aiden came out and denied that straight away. And I, I, it was, it's funny the way Chinese whispers. And I did a Twitter search of August Rodan and, you know, bleeding or blood vessel or whatever. And someone had said on Twitter on, a, on an account with plenty of followers, Oh, I hope August Rodan didn't bleed. His mother was a bleeder. And then a couple of minutes later, someone else said, Report suggesting August Rodan bled, and away you go before it's you know all. it. Poor, poor, laden's getting asked about it on TV.
2: Yeah, it was just, it was obviously just fascinating that he was able to get Rhododendron back from, you know, a pretty catastrophic mm. bleed to actually win two starts late. And it's very, very similar here, isn't he? Um, it was, I know he went off at a bigger price on the exchange than he did uh, fixed odds, but, uh, um, I couldn't have him going to the race. So, yeah, I was very surprised he was able to win.
0: I'm with UTC. I couldn't have him going into the race either. But it was some performance from not just him, but of course the whole Ballydoll team, Kevin, in terms of tactics. And let's focus in on that because, of course, Kevin starts. no secret now that there was a big fallout post him coming back in on board King of Steel in the paddock at Leopardstown. And then the following day, buccaneiro Forte didn't go to plan either. We'll get to that in due course. Now the news has come out that Kevin start has been sacked by Kia. I think plenty of us could have predicted that because of Kia's nature. We've been here before, but in terms of the ride that not only King of Steel got, but as Brendan's rightly said, we've got to bring in the ride Nashua got as well because both of them came from similar off-the-pace positions. Essentially, Holly, Holly and Kevin have been outridden by not only the best in the world in Ryan Moore, but the best team in the world too and in their own backyard. So like that's what's happened here, right?
3: Yeah, and, and looked like it wasn't not being smart after the event, like. But it, it, it wasn't the most difficult scenario to see playing out. Like it was quite similar yeah. to the Irish Derby. You know, the, all the Ballydoyle ones are happy going forward, and you know you you the King of Steel generally is ridden quietly. Nashua is generally ridden quietly. If you're putting your heads together, if you're a Ballydoyle and say right, what's the best way we can maximize our prospects and and minimize those of our main opposition? It, it's to jump out and and go steady early and control the race. And and that's what they did. And, and look, Holly and Kevin both fell into the same trap. Like Holly, more so, clearly. You know, that that was an exaggerated drop in. Mm. Um you know, Kevin like didn't even give the, give the the worst ride in the race, and he ended up getting all the flak. But um look, they, they controlled the race really well. Um, like it wasn't like they went steady the whole way, it was just steady initially, and then they went um good and strong early. But the point is is that they they the opposition you know gave up lengths cheaply early. Um and you know the early stages are the easy time to 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 to, to um yeah. to get to get it wrong. You know, it's very difficult to get those lengths back when the race is red hot from, from you know four out. And and look, they just got it right. Like to me, I thought August Rodin won quite snugly. I thought he was he was idling notably when he got there. Um, so look again, like I couldn't have had him either. How could you after ask it? You know, that he has the most untypical Bally Doyle profile. You know, the one thing you'd say about Bally Doyle, the the real good ones, is generally you can rely on them to be consistent. You know, this horse is, you know, pretty much bombed out in the Guineas and like properly bombed out in the King George. And twice he's been brought back to life mm-hmm. um to, to register career best efforts, because it was a career best in the Derby and it was probably another career best here. So um he's not a typical one. But look, when he's when he's on song, he is tip top, and I thought he was really good here. Um, Luxembourg, there was a lot of confidence behind him, as Brendan mentioned, really strong in the market all day. Um, he bounced back to himself and might have run to a pretty similar level to what he did in winning the race last year. Um, Onesto was the only disappointing one. Um, he didn't seem to run his race like King of Steel ran great. You know, it just it just went a bit wrong. And Nashua ran huge. I thought. Um, still keen to see her back at a mile. Would love to see that. Um, and yeah, look, the, we got what we hoped for with an Irish Champion Stakes. You know, looked a fantastic race on paper. Um, now look, it was tactically um edged towards those that dominated from the from the Ballydoyle patch. But um, you know, these are tactics. This is what you expect when you come to Ireland for a top race. Um, it's a it's a snake pit, as I'd like to describe it. And um, there's many a, a top class rider has ended up getting bitten in, in this race and other top Irish races. So um, look, you have to take your hat off to them when they get when they get it right, and uh, they very much got it right here when the stakes were at their highest.
0: Absolutely. Let's let's cover Kia and Kevin splitting now. Whilst we're on the topic, we might as well. Uh, as I said, it was sort of relatively well documented that who was, you know, he doesn't hide how unhappy he was post the King of Steel ride. He then came out on, I think it was RTE, and made a reference to the fact that the horse wasn't given the best chance of winning, which is, of course, just his opinion, Kier's opinion. And then Monday morning, we now get the um, Instagram post from Kevin, tweet, etc., that he's been let go, essentially, via a text message this morning. Uh, like I said earlier, TC, we'll start with you here. We've been here before with this owner. This is his MO. This is the way he acts. We know him. He's a volatile character. We know his background. Where do you stand? Are you with the sort of people who say that he shouldn't be behaving like this? He shouldn't just be picking up and dropping people in sort of heat of the moment decisions? Or are you in more of the camp that he's the owner, he pays the bills and he can do whatever he likes?
2: Well, both are both are true, aren't they? But I mean, the guy's got the loyalty of a, a stray cat, is not he? He's about time. About time the people in the sports shop calling him out. I mean, he just comes across as a bit of a prick, doesn't he? let this be clear. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kind of like make excuses for him. I mean, he changes trainers like he changes his socks. It's kind. Of, it's like every time you see a a ammo racing horse, half the time they're they're running for a new trainer for no apparent reason. Cuban Thunder being the latest example, and the horse that was Kevin Stock was due to ride tomorrow as a non-runner. I mean, that was that's another trainer switch. Um, no, he like you know we all know he's a volatile character, but there's other words you can use about that. I mean, he had a high-publicised Twitter spat with Tattersalls earlier on the year after he had a winner. They said he didn't get the recognition from them he deserved. Like I said, he changes his trainers all the time. Does anybody really buy the fact that Dominic Dominic French Davis is really training the horses um, in his training establishment in Lambourne, is it? Um it's he it just comes across as a like I said, he comes across really, really badly, doesn't he? And I gather that he only sent Kevin Scott a text because he was he's currently in Keeneland. So he said there's a time delay. So it sounds like Kevin's got got a text as soon as he woke up, so that could explain that. But that's a pretty graceless, soulless thing to do. He's got previous with it and sacking Ross O'Ryan last year, and then bizarrely kept on using him, didn't he? So, in, in all these things, Kevin Scott's always going to come out and say thanks for the opportunity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and we saw with Ross O'Ryan this year. You know, he's he's written some big rides for the stable. But if you're a jockey, would you go there? If you're a trainer? I wouldn't go there. He's got really he's got horses in the UK with 15 different trainers. Changes them around a lot. King of Steel even. I mean that was even Roger Varians. He he moved that from David Lofnan. I'd How are you going to turn down these horses, though? It's surely the same for the jockeys. It's
1: a merry-go-round. You know what you're getting involved. It's a bit like being DiCaprio's girlfriend, isn't it? You get invited to all the premiers. Like, Kevin Stott's had a Royal Ascot winner, second in a Derby. He's won a a Phoenix Stakes. He's had a hell of a season. He probably knew he was on a limited time frame, and you just have to deal with it. The game is the game, yo. I suppose we should give a shout-out to Robson Aguilar. He must have the diplomatic skills of Henry Kissinger. That fella mostly because he seems to be the <laughs> one guy who Kia just totally leans on. Like he's he can't well, who's this guy? Robson, Robson and Aguilar, buys he, all the horses. Yeah, he's he seems to be his guy and he sticks with him through pick
0: and pick Sorry, actually, sorry, sorry, sorry. Doesn't but doesn't buy them, buys some of them, preps, breeze up horses. Pre trains, pre training operation. Except. Is he
2: the guy that is purported to train the horses in Dominic French Davis? Ah, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. he said they send them over fairly late, apparently. That's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but the thing is here is I, I think, I you know, Brendan, you jumped in with what TC was saying there. TC's right, you know, I I see it, like he doesn't have loyalty with his trainers or his jockeys, and he falls out of them and he tosses them out, but often he brings them back into the fold. You look at Ross O'Rion, you look at other trainers who've had horses taken away and then ended up with new stock, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Even on the bloodstock agent side, Alex Elliott buys for him, um, sort of wasn't buying it for him for a while there. I think they used someone else and is now back buying for him he's over in keeneland so he's you know he he picks people up and drops people very quickly but he's seemingly not ashamed to pick them back up again ross orion being the most high profile and obvious of those examples my point is is you you don't like his behavior tc but i don't mind it i i don't mind it like we're only scorning at it because it's not what anyone else does in the game it's just different it's just a different way of operating I don't know. What do you think, Brendan? Yes, well, well, I,
1: I just think if you're if you're going to get involved with him as a trainer or a jockey, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Exactly. And I just I just don't think you should turn down the work on that basis.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know exactly what you're getting. Like Kevin Stott's not a stupid guy, and he's an opinionated person himself. You know, he's got a view and he speaks his mind. When he signed up at the start of the year, I did an interview with him up at Newcastle because he was on track with us. And, you know, he's clearly delighted, but he's he's not stupid. He knows that the guy is, you know, the owner's got opinions here and, and he's happy to voice them. And I'm sure he went in with his eyes open, Kev. It was all going very well. It was all very high profile, as is the fallout. I, I don't mind it. Do you, Kev?
3: I'm actually looking, like you say, everyone goes in with their eyes open. Like this isn't the first blip, you know, obviously Derby, ride right? caused a bit of um, upset as well. Um, and look, I think, like you say, everyone goes in with their eyes open. Kevin Stott would have known that, that the form was in the book. Um, you know, you put together a contract that, that's agreeable to both parties and you, and you drive on and see where you end up. Um, look, you clearly, to be involved, you need um, serious diplomatic skills. And some are better armed for that than others. But look at on you go. There'll be someone else. Uh, like Brendan says, someone somebody will take that job if, if indeed they do choose to retain a jockey. I think the initial reaction this morning was they might just let the um let the trainers pick best available um and, and drive. And maybe that'll maybe that'll suit them a bit better, to be, to be brutally honest. But um time will tell. They've got they've got great horses, um, not big numbers, big numbers there. So um look, on they go, never a dull day.
2: just one last question before we move on why do you think he moves uh, his horses around his trainers all the time
3: Um, he said it himself like I remember there was an interview there was an interview um, was it with him or with Rafe Beckett maybe a few years ago um, when there was a high profile changing did he
2: fall
3: out with Rafe yeah I'm pretty certain he did and he moved a good bunch away and there there was talk on that that subject at that time and I think he basically said look I'm from the football world you know it's not I don't see any issue with moving trainers you know can be good for the horses can be good for the trainers um i just you know you it may not be the typical way it's so in this game but i see no issue with it so i'm happy to do it and that was kind of the gist of it really
0: yeah um let's move on as i'm sure kia has already done and kevin's thought <laughs> will do in <laughs> time uh as for kevin i don't think any of us would have any qualms in saying that he'll be absolutely fine he's a good good jockey yeah, sure.
3: ross top. ross ryan look at look at gee, my god yeah. he's thrived this year
0: Yeah, I don't think it'll have stood him in any bad stead at all. I think he'll just kick on from here, and rightly so. Let's move on, guys, to the matron stakes. Tahira, um, what a performance from her, Brendan. Loads to pick out in in behind. Specifically for me, Rogue Millennium was the sort of standout horse in behind. But in terms of Tahira's performance... She's just a class act, especially mm. in this sort of race in against her own sex. The way she travelled into it, asked to go about her business off this planned break, it all went pretty perfectly for her, didn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the the race couldn't have gone better. I suppose from from a jockey's point of view, or filly who travels as well as her, um, is is a big help in in terms of you're going to you're likely to get the gaps. Uh, got a decent pace to aim at, quickened up, won well, total professional. Um, She's she's a proper filly. I I, I don't think it's a vintage crop of of three-year-old fillies at, at, at around that trip, but I'm fairly confident she is much the best of them. I mean, you'd like to see her in something like a QE2 which She could do, and I mean, I mean, she's also ground versatile in, in fairness to her. She won, she won a Mike there on soft ground, so they, they probably wouldn't have any fears uh, about the ground if they, if they went to ask but they might have one eye on the Breeders' Cup. So maybe something like a Sun Chariot, as you say, in against her own sex, might suit better in terms of the timing. Um, I, I, I'm not, but wherever she goes, she's, she's arguably unlucky to be. Un, un, not to be unbeaten, should I say, in, in her career, and she's now a four-time Group One winner. Yeah, smashing filly.
3: I was on track. I was on track. Was there any chat about her um, coming back next year? Um,
1: yes. You, well, d- didn't didn't rule it out. He didn't rule out going up to ten furlongs, or indeed, uh, uh coming back next year.
3: Brilliant, because like traditionally, of course, the Aga Khan Philly's, like they wouldn't you wouldn't see them often beyond their three-year-old year. But with this one's. Half sister Tarnawa like was it was a glorious exception to that. They kept her in training until she was five, trying to win um, an arc, you know. So would would you love to see this lady kept in training and, and take on the boys a bit as well? Um, I'd say she'd be well able. Like I said, I don't think she she's beating a vintage bunch, but I'd say there's definitely more under the bonnet if it's needed. So um, yeah, can't wait to see more of her, and um, hopefully next year, maybe who knows, maybe a year after that again,
2: and uh, get her in against the boys too. Just in that race, have a look at Meditates running fourth in first time blinkers. Mm. i really encouraging from off the pace. I just wonder whether they'll go to the breeders. Well, didn't
0: she forward. um lose her life beforehand by the sounds of it? Yeah, she
2: she was she was pretty fired up
3: now. She was pretty yeah. I I just saw her in the parade ring and leaving the parade ring now, and she was she was pretty fired up now. She nearly ran down a few people
0: in the parade ring. <laughs> yeah, to hear her just um a couple of prizes for the races that Brendan mentioned. She's five to one. For the QE2, if she was to go there, and she's four to one for the Breeders' Cup Mile, we know how they like to travel. I'd love to see her over there, and as Kevin said, I'd love to see her in against the boys sooner rather than later, ideally. Um, we'll roll on, shall we? Roll on to well, whilst we're on sort of fillies and older mares, quick well fillies in general. Quick mention to Lemire Rock, who won the Group Two, Kev, uh, the Blanford Stakes. She's been cut to 14 to 1 for the Phillies and mares from 25s. And I, I was really pleased for her to see her get a group two victory. You know, she's been threatening at this level for a good while and the horses she's been running into. She deserved to get this, having chased home the likes of Heart and a few others that have sort of got their group um, form in the book by now.
3: Yeah, like she she's been metronomic this year. in, in fairness to her, um, like re, re, I was sick now when she was beating the dovel the time before. Got a really nice ride by Ryan front run and ride, and just got ran down close home by a nice filly. Um, but like the cheat pieces were a big factor here. Um, they really woke her up. Like Dylan, um, who who's ridden her a bit before, said like it was she was like a different filly. Like it felt like she had two more gears. Um, just with that focus. And it was a great call from Joseph in fairness, because you know, after the Irish Oaks, like it would and, and even ask it, like it would have been an easy call to go up and trip and and look to go mile six. There's a lovely programme of races there for Phillies, but um he, he believed in her pace, dropped her back in trip, um, nearly won a group two the time before and with the cheap pieces on did the trick this time. Um so lo- a great result, uh, Michael O'Flynn. Um, got was there to see it. Got a big kick out of it. Um, prominent owner. She was a yearling purchase. So, um, fantastic. Yeah, onwards to the Prix de l'Opéra. I'd imagine. Um, at Longchamp, and hopefully those cheek pieces will be will be just as effective there.
0: Oh, nice. That's something to look forward to. Um, she's she's incredibly likable. What about the stairs, TC Irish and Ledger or Eldar, Elder off win that. Um, Obviously a race that didn't quite come together in the way we may have hoped, but Kiprios was seemingly the big takeaway for most, obviously off the back of his long break. He's unchanged at 6-1 to for the long distance cut and Eldar Eldorov has been cut to sevens. Did you think that there was any significant takeaways for the staying division from this race?
2: Um, Not really. I think they'll be pretty happy with Kiprios. I'm surprised he was so uh, strong in the market. Well, relatively strong. Uh, I, When I spoke to Ryan about it, I got the distinct impression, like I said, defeat wouldn't be in the end of the world because he's obviously coming off a long break. and uh, Mile six um, on decent enough ground is probably Elder Eldorov's bag. So, yeah, um, obviously the winner's very, very good when getting his conditions. Uh, maybe sub two miles. And Kiprios... If he does come on for that, and you never know how they're going to come out of the race after such a long break, then presumably he'll have some Group One end of season targets. So yeah, I think they'd both be happy with the first two.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Um Brendan was was Kiprios kind of your main focus now coming out of that race, or are we sort of um, being a bit disparaging towards the winner? I mean, he did it well. At <laughs> I mean, it
1: depends how you look at the race. Again, if you look at the comments beforehand, I didn't hear Ryan. That Tony was obviously talking to Ryan, but Aiden was very much, oh, he's only 50% fit. It's a Lazarus-like comeback,
0: Kevin. Kevin,
1: fifty <laughs> percent.
0: Kevin, Kevin, the bit it, it my head off. Brendan, Brendan, it, Brendan. it in, wouldn't
1: in be finished
3: yet if it was only fifty percent.
1: No, 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 no. I know, but this is the kind of language. Oh, I know, I know, I
3: know. It, I know it, yeah, it's, it's ludicrous. And
1: then it's not like these people who who have our horses in in the bedding, are they, they like losing money? It's like they didn't factor it in at all. So I'm so I'm inclined to believe that it, it isn't actually. True, and the horse was fairly straight and Elder Alderoff has just put up a huge run which indeed he is capable of I mean it's a a kind of misfiring season this year but the Yorkshire Cup I mean he he made a great fist and nearly conceded the penalty there he would have been right there in a normally run Goodwood Cup but from, from the point of view of the long distance Cup his last two visits to Ascot he's blown out I suppose that is a concern and Kiprios with an extra two furlongs um should 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 be his bag i i can understand the the, the betting for the long distance cup but i mean elder Adderoff kicked him out of the way he beat him three and a half lengths and if he was to repeat that run at ascot i would be inclined to think he'd confirm the form with kiprios actually because i don't really buy this business about him being half fit
0: wow yeah, okay. like, like to,
3: to be honest like looking at him in the parade ring you wouldn't have if you didn't know what was what, you, you wouldn't have picked him out as a horse that looked in need of the run. Now, um, it's not to say he won't sharpen mentally in that, but physically, you 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 would not have picked him out as an obvious one to, to need the run at all at all. Um, I'd say the rain that that fell helped elder 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 off. Um, I'd say I'd say he does appreciate a bit of an ease now, but um, yeah, you just like I suppose the main focus point with with Kipriass, next time is right. You've had your comeback now. But let next time. Let's find out if, if all that ability is still there, um, and you're still the best there in Europe, which you unquestionably was last year. So, um, look, hoping he comes forward from this good and proper, and we get to see um, get to see him back to his full powers next time.
0: Yeah, it'd be brilliant to see the rematch. Uh, let's move on and talk about sprinters. It was a topsy turvy weekend for the sprinters on both sides of the Irish Sea. Uh, We will start with the Flying Five over at the Curra on Sunday. Moss Tucker winning that, uh, beating the likes of Highfield Princess, Art Power and Bradsell, who were all the talk beforehand with top-class credentials coming into this, didn't even fill the frame. Those UK horses, other bigger-priced UK horses, chasing home Moss Tucker, I mean, how, how much are we believing the form of this race, Brendan? And is it one of those races that we'll just look back on in time and think, that was a mad one?
1: Oh, you, I mean, there, there, there's no way you could take take, take this form seriously, in, in my opinion. I mean, what are the, what are the odds on Highfield Princess, Art Power, play, <laughs> who's pro- probably the best sprinter in the business, although, for granted, she hasn't managed to win a race this year. Art Power, uh, at his beloved to Curra, and Brad Sult, who's been who's been rock-solid all summer, finishing out of the four. It must have been a million to one. I'm sure it wasn't actually a million to one, but uh, I'm not going to work out what it was. But it was a massive price anyway. Um, And I, I just don't know what to make of it. I mean, fair play to, 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 to Moss Tucker. Again, the little bit of rain that fell would have made a, a difference to him. But he was beaten four and a half lengths by our power on soft ground back in July at the Curra. You know He's a limited horse. I mean, fair play to Kane Condon. You, you, you buy a raffle ticket, sometimes you win the raffle. They've, they've got a group one and he's a credit to them in, in terms of his consistency. I, I tip my cap to the, to their endeavour, but I don't think you could take this form seriously at all.
0: And Kev, it's only right that we come to you now to discuss Boutemont's performance. You gave him plenty of chat on Racing Only Better on our bonus episode on Friday. You were very keen for the good ground, the heavens opened, but he drifted like a barge before that on the morning of the race. Um, you seem pleased with him. The last time I checked in with it, with you, you sent us a video of him, very happy in the stables at the Curra. So what on earth went wrong in the 12 hours leading up to the race?
3: Well, yeah, I walked the track at noon and I was absolutely delighted. Um, you know, prop, proper good to form good to firm ground, watching the spent the last week watching the rainfall radar and it looked like it was gonna come together and then um at 120 it started raining heavily and it didn't stop for twenty minutes and I've never been a sick on a race in my life, to be honest. Um and look if that that was it, really. The writing was on the wall. You know, time of the first race on the sprint track, four and a half seconds slower than standard. You kind of know what you're facing. But um on you go. If you it's, if you'd said to me before the race that he finished within a length of Highfield Princess, Brad said hour our power probably would have been quite <laughs> happy, but as it, uh, as it as as it turned out, we all went home disappointed. Um uh, funny, look, funny race, clearly. Um look, Moss Tucker, um, you know, it fell his way. The rain definitely helped him. Like, look, we had a heat wave for a week and then just this heap of rain so close to the race, you know, didn't have time to get through it. The jocks said, like, they were getting into the top of it and, and flicking it off, but like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't deep. It hadn't had time to get in. And I'd say it was just ground that, that a lot of horses just, it wasn't for them. You know, Dylan certainly jumped off and just said, yeah, just wheel spin, forget about it, can't operate on that. Um, so disappointing to get so close to what you what you what we're hoping were kind of dream conditions but um but there you go on we go um everything that attracted us to the horse is still very much intact so we'll try again but uh it's a a humbling game Vanessa but I I have to say I was delighted for um for Ken Condon who is one of the great one of the game's gents and uh, this this horse has been fantastic now you, you wouldn't have seen him as a group one horse um I dare say with all due respect but um you turn up you take your chance they would have been very upset with, with the with no rain all week and uh, they got it just in time and a great set of connections um uh rugby derived connections with some great stories the horse was named after um uh, moss keen and colin tucker they were on the Munster team they beat the all blacks famously um back got nearly 50 years ago now so um wow. it was it was it was a super result from that point of view but um there you go, Vanessa. It, it, uh, this game doesn't be long. Um, putting you back on your heels, but uh, we'll go again.
0: You will indeed. Uh, we will follow his progress, obviously, on this podcast with interest, all to be continued. Um, we're doing Irish Champions Weekend at the top of this show, but TC, let's just digress for a minute and head over to Haydott because, of course, the feature race Over in England on Saturday was the Betfair Sprint Cup. And whilst we're in the category of sprinters, we will give Regional the spin-out he deserves. A huge result for Ed Bethel. And I thought of you immediately, TC, being very keen on this horse a couple of times earlier on in the season. And now he's gone and won a Group 1. Shaquille, clearly the big disappointment of the race, having jumped out of the stores perfectly fine in the end under James Doyle. Uh, that seems to be a mystery, but let's give, let's give regional some kudos because you have been banging this drum for a while.
2: Yeah. I, I backed him in the num4 and He just got a bit outspeeded on that, you know, on that fast track. Um, I did actually, I, I backed two in the race St. Lawrence and him to small stakes. I didn't tip them annoyingly because I did think Shaquille was, 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 was a pretty much a good thing if he, mm. if he got away on terms and, and did that. But we had a very, very good question on the Twitter Spaces programme on Saturday. And I I wasn't aware of this. Um He actually said, would the fact that the stable have admitted they've got a low-grade virus, would that bother you? And I wasn't aware of that going into it.
0: Sha- uh, Shaquille's stable.
2: Yeah, Julie Camacho stable. Uh, apparently one of the guys um from the yard admitted that they had, a, like I said, a low-grade virus uh, in the stable. So... And that would, it was a quite a big drifter on Saturday morning and that could have been part of it. And if you go and look at the Julie Camacho stable form of the last six runners, um, they've only beaten five of 59 rivals. They're just running like drains. Uh, So in hindsight, that could have been the reason for the disappointment. Um, I don't buy any other reasons that have been given out, but yeah regional very good performance um i don't think it's a great race in, in group one terms i don't think the earlier number four is either but uh yeah very very good for a like i said he's made a really good uh impression um in his in his brief training career yeah
0: he has three
2: a and a half thousand
3: guineas yeah <laughs> incredible two years two years ago yeah. um like now you look if you're not familiar with with you know the sales circuit and that, like the horse was rated ninety five at the time and hadn't run for nine months, so to make three and a half grand, like I don't know this, but I, you could you could you could take it for granted now that there would have been a very um a very concerning vet report to go with this horse the day he was bought for him to make so little, um which makes it I suppose all the more admirable that he that he must have had serious problems when he joined the the Bethel team. And they've managed to iron them out and then come to win a group one. It's pretty phenomenal stuff now and a, and a massive feather in the cap for a uh, for trainer, for a for buyer, for everyone involved. Because it's a, um, I'd love to hear more about it, actually, what, what he was like when he came from the sales. Because, um, you know, a 95 rated three-year-old, you know, doesn't make three and a half grand without without very good reason.
0: No, absolutely. And having the, sprint, the sprinters in general, living the dream, now this, and then, Uh, Even over in Ireland with Moss Tucker, they provided some serious stories and nice tales for smaller owners and trainers. As I know, ten can happen in this division, but it's been a nice narrative this season. Uh, let's roll on. Let's do two-year-olds. Two-year-old Colts over in Ireland, uh, predominantly Aidan O'Brien focus really here, Brendan. Um, but we will start off with Diego Velasquez, who, of course, won the champion juvenile stakes, the group to at Leopardstown on the Saturday. Uh, we know all about his price tag, his performance beforehand. He went off the short price favourite. Um, And this performance from him seemed to, I thought, seemed to divide opinion. I don't know if people want him to be more flashy than he's currently being. I personally thought he stayed on really well and was almost cosy at the line. What was your takeaways with Diego Velasquez?
1: Yes, I wouldn't disagree with with that, Vanessa, like um, Point Lansdale Broom, he finds plenty for pressure, seems to have a very likeable attitude. I was a little bit worried about him on the quick ground now, uh, but he seemed to he seemed to handle that perfectly well. Capulet looked to have him in a spot of bother, turn him for home. But Ryan, I mean, there was a bit made, I suppose, shamey sort of when he was headed uh, for about a half a furlong head, he never picked up the stick to his horse, but he given him he given Capulet four backhanders at that stage. Ryan mm-hmm. gave the winner five backhanders. I do think the best horse won and probably a bit snug, but going forward, the Capulet very, very good performance, this, and he's a big, strong, at least justifies, there's some specimens, in fairness, a uh, big, 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 strong horse, the dam ran in the Ribblesdale, he was coming back at the line, not under, uh, well, he, he, shame he wrote him out, in fairness, I'm not saying that there's anything untoward about the ride, but he didn't beat him up for the, for the re-rally, second start of his life, very likeable performance, and there's, there's not a whole pile between them, I suppose that both of them are more Derby than Guinea's prospects, I would say, but it wouldn't shock you if Capulet ended up. A lot can happen over the winter, as we know. It wouldn't shock you if Capulet ended up being the number one Derby horse.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It yeah, I can see that. I, you couldn't help but be impressed with the second, and as I said, the winner too. Um, price wise, two thousand guineas, ten to one now. Diego Velasquez, but as per what Brendan's just said, shorter price for the Derby now seven to one from nines for Diego Velasquez, and Capulet is in at twenty fives for the two thousand guineas. But you just get the impression with both those horses. Further in time is what we need. Let's move on. That to talk uh, Before to we you. do move on, we yeah
2: we should make we should make more of this. I mean, they are sailing a bit close to wind with these rides on the second. I mean, obviously we know the August Road down Adelaide River. If I had backed that, if I the second, I wouldn't have been happy. Um, I and- thought,
0: he, like Brendan said, I thought when he watched the full replay, I saw the reaction on Twitter. Then I watched the race itself, and I I personally didn't think it was.
2: Well, someone mentioned it to me at Haydock, and I only, I only looked it back when I got home on on Saturday evening, and but you know what you're going to get, you know. They and we'll come on to City of try moment when it comes to sailing close to the wind. Um, now, I, 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 I would have if I'm a punter, I want to see more effort from the second, and I take as with the Irish Derby, I'm fully, fully aware. The situation, and I'm fully aware that the winner probably did win a little bit snappily, like Overcross Road did. But it's, it's a punting game. It's, it's, it's basically the sport. is funded by punters, and you want to see more effort from the second there. I'm, I'm afraid I disagree.
0: Kev, where do you say?
3: Yeah, could he, could he have given the horse another one or two? Could have. Would it have made the difference? I didn't think so personally, but um like Tony says, it was much the same after the Irish Derby. You know, it, from a perception point of view, just, just giving the extra one, you know, um, is, is probably what what needs to happen here. Um it, you know, that's that's right, Stand on it. You know, did the best horse win. Yeah, it could shame you've done more. Yeah, you know.
0: All right. Uh, let's move on and talk about national stakes. TC, um, you've already mentioned the fact that City of Troy was a late non-runner. That was due to the ground, the aforementioned rain that Kevin's already touched upon at the track on Saturday, on Sunday at the Curra. But it was really disappointing that he was pulled out. Uh, were you somewhat surprised by that, of course, leaving Henry Longfellow as the favourite and only horse from the O'Brien Yard and eventual winner, which we'll get to his performance in due course. But the deflection of City of Troy, was that sort of relatively surprising news to you in the moment? Well,
2: everyone knew one of the horses was going to come out because he's never going to run two unbeaten colts against each other. And I think, like I said on Twitter spaces on Sunday morning, um, you know, one scurrilous bookmaker priced up early in the week and there were one to seven, you know, both to run, uh, both not to run. So everyone knew it was coming, but they didn't know it was coming so late. And I mean, they gave it as the as changing ground, which is fair enough. They're in the rights to do that. But City of Toy won on good to soft um, at Newmarket. And how much rain did they actually get in that twenty-minute spell? Uh, no, I didn't. I
3: didn't see a measure now, but it, it was it was properly heavy for twenty minutes. It's,
2: it's like,
3: yeah. it, it was it was it was such a bizarre day in that. At around eleven o'clock, there was a number of non-runners across the card on account of the ground being too quick. And by the end of the day, there was a number of non-runners on account of the ground being too soft. Like that, that would that would very very rarely happen. (laughs) It was it was bizarre. And like because no one thought the rain would hit. Like I was watching it as close as anyone, and the the rain was moving up the country, and it looked like it was going to skate by, and it just caught the edge of it. And it would like in Kildare town, it was dry as a bone. You know, it was one of those weird ones.
2: It's interesting when we did the twitter spaces at 10 30 i did the going update and then the forecast i use predicted 12 mil coming in from two o'clock onwards so i uh, obviously forecasts vary from, from well, and, they would, and
3: they would have got more than that i'd say like in nace like the current didn't even get the very worst of it the very worst of it was a little bit further east but mm-hmm. it was just pat, it was just pat luck as to whether it hit or not
2: it's good it's just disappointing that one of them come out it's it's doubly disappointing from the fact is, they'd already had a non runner, so it took the runners down to six to four, so it took out all the each way betting as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was and the, and, the,
3: and the other one was out on account of the softening ground as well. Give me the beat, boys. They, yeah. they decided to come out on account of it going a bit softer,
2: yeah. But like I said, the seat of choice shouldn't have come out on that ground, like it was good to soft at, at Newmarket and time for back that up as well. But we are what we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Henry Longfellow was pretty devastating. Henry uh,
0: Longfellow was pretty devastating and as a result has been cut from five to one to seven to two and six and now currently six to one for the derby, seven to two. Um, but Brendan, I'm going to come to you first here in terms of his mm. performance. Obviously, mm. Paul Kevin starts, Buccaneero, Fuerte, lots of. There was lots of expectation about him. He has a pacemaker in there who seemed to sort of mess things up. Kevin Stott tried to chase the pacemaker. Uh, did they go too hard earlier? All seemed to go wrong from quite an early stage for Team Ammo Racing. And meanwhile, uh, Henry Longfellow can just sit and wait and do what he does best. But in ter- because of the blowout of Forte, Fuerte, it's, it's ended up being... Henry Longfellow winning decisively from a horse that he's already beat before. So I'm kind of left wondering, yes, it was visually impressive, but is it was there much substance there in behind?
1: Well, I rate that Island's in the stream, I have to say, and he didn't hang the way he he, he hung in the uh, futurity. So it, not, not that the horse I, I think is ungenuine or anything, I think he was just a bit green, but he, he, he looked more straightforward. But Henry Lansdale put an extra three lengths into him here. It was a very impressive right. performance. Uh, book Buc- and Fuerte, that, that was the disappointment. I mean, I, I know Kevin was skeptical about stepping up to seven furlongs, and he might be right, the horse might might not stay seven furlongs, but he was beaten two and a half furlongs down. And it's not like it, it, I, I don't buy that they went too hard because Henry Longfellow didn't give book and much, much rope. Was he ever much more than a length off him? Um, no, I just. So, I, I just think that uh, Bucanera Fuerte blew out for whatever reason, which was a disappointment. But again, time will tell. But I rate that Islands in the stream. I thought it was a devastating performance from Henry Longfellow, and he's clearly, clearly a very good cult. Um, Shout out to the bookmakers, actually. Who'd be a bookmaker? I mean, you, you don't want to be crying too much for them, but it must have. They must have been betting this over broke by the end because it was what nine to two. Henry with a sixty-five cent rule of force. What does that turn him into? A seven to four shot. He's gone off ten to eleven. So how how could you make a living as a bookmaker? <laughs> uh, but but um, I, I, in my opinion. Uh, the, the slight disappointment, while it was a very impressive performance, was that we didn't get to see City of Troy. I I think, Aiden they they bought this insurance policy where they declared both the horses paid whatever the fee is. I, I don't know. What do they care? And then the ground went. There was a little bit of ease of the ground, but it would have been grand firm. But he said, oh, well, we bought this insurance ticket. We'll cash it in and run Henry Longfellow. But I wanted to see The Super Freak because for all that I rate Henry Longfellow, I think City of Troy would kick him out of the way.
0: Have you got a Henry Longfellow quote for us, Brendan? No, you
1: you you did a couple of quotes. I, I, I sort of I have fa- rede- redeemed myself. He did uh, write that song of Hiawatha. That, that, so that's the little bit of trivia I have on him.
0: I have a new one for us, which I think is relevant to his trainer (laughs) and and the team. Are you ready? In character, in manner, in style, in all things, the supreme excellence is simplicity.
2: That's not about Kia direction, that's for sure. No, oh, I tell
0: you, shall I read you out TC one that is about the Kia <laughs> oh, situation? Here's my next quote. Are you ready? Yeah, the, you be- the best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. And maybe Kevin Stott should have just listened to that Henry Longfellow quote because when it's raining, just let it rain. Um, this is
1: great stuff. I hope this horse wins it all so we can just get a quote every, every so often. Beautiful, <laughs> marvelous. I I had a a good
3: one on a a slightly related note. I did hear a good one on Saturday about Diego Velazquez and why they named that horse, why they gave him that name. Like they obviously would name horses after painters before, but seemingly one of his most famous works is this um, portrait of some royalty on horseback. And the horse in the painting has like very similar markings to uh, to Diego Velazquez, like very, you know, four white legs and a white face. So um, Very, yeah, like it, 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 it could it could ask for, for depth and touches there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, one last question, Jules. We've got to keep the show rolling, Kev, but just just so we can add some meat to the bones of the national stakes. Um, in in the camp, how good is the second? Brief answer, please.
3: Oh, he's very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's coming forward all the time. Brendan's right to point out that um he was quite green, um, edging in behind on a second start. Um, more tuned in here, and look, there'll be a big one in him, hopefully. Um, thought the winner was very good. Like as we've said a couple of times on the pod, like he, he is a real Dubawi. Um, you can see he has that rounded action, like the rain that came, he he would have been loving that and um yeah looking forward to seeing where he ends up and what they do with him um doesn't look doesn't look shy of pace now but i'm sure a mile will, should come to him no issues
2: before uh, i forget let's... i should should mention the curra attendance figures uh Lepestan was actually down on last year but uh the curra was 6742 in 2022 this year massive rise up to 8646 so the curra yeah. were the winners the weekend. Right. Yes,
3: yeah, it's, it's, it's positive. I, th- I thought both days, I was there both days and I thought they were both um, nice, buzzy crowds and anyone that was there would have had a good race score experience, you know, not queuing out the gate for a drink or food or toilets or anything like that, not pushing and shoving. Um, and look, we can sometimes get a bit fixated on the numbers, but, you know, I think that the people that turn up have a good experience is probably uh, the most important thing. And the cura finally, um, belatedly, after all the money and drama and everything else, it seems to be moving in the right direction, but um, it will be a slow process, I'm afraid.
0: Okay, well, that's positive numbers, though. Thank you very much for those specifics, TC. TC, do you want to, we'll move on to the two-year-old fillies now, please. And we might as well kick off with Fallen Angel, who put up a seriously tough performance. I love this from her in the Moigler. Uh Seeing off in the end, Vespa Tilio, obviously Ylang Ylang, disappointing in behind. But focus in on the Karl Burke train, Cliff Logistics own Fallen Angel, because just so tough in everything she does. She's so likeable. She's going to have so many options now.
2: I don't think she's likeable at all.
0: I thought, oh, okay. I thought it was
2: a right despicable then. performance having back Vespertilio <laughs> and was counting my money a furlong out. Last thing that came into my head was likable, where about fallen angel. But no, okay. it was a very gutsy performance. I thought Vespertilio was going to swamp her, traded at 1.12 and just really dug it out from the front. So, yeah, I think he's got a good one on his hands. If I was the trainer or owner of Vespertilio, I would drop down to six and win the Cheeveley Park.
0: Nice. OK, well, vespertilio mm-hmm. got some very positive notes on Racing Any Better last week. And I don't know if um, if everyone saw it, but there's that like it must be a wire camera shot from above uh, at the current. It's brilliant to see how races have panned out in the closing stages. And Vespa brendan comes right upside falling a- Fallen Angel. I mean, mm. all but gets it ahead of her, really. Mm. It's probably a nose in it. And as TC said, you're just expecting her, given how much work Fallen Angel had already done up at the front end, you're just expecting the second to press go and go past her. And Fallen Angel not only kind of battles on, but actually starts digging deeper and pulling away up to the line. And that's what I loved about it. Like, my heart does oh. go out to you, TC.
1: Well, you know, it's a classy performance from both of them because I because uh, Vespertilio finished with a wet sail to win the debutant and I feel like she probably finished with a wet sail here because it was four and a half lengths back to the mm. third, fourth and fifth who, who were all in a heap. I mean, that's some distance to be put, putting in over seven furlongs uh the winner fallen angel just a, a you covered it i mean she's a she's a really likeable filly and i did have a quick thought of you after the race after me ragging on the british two-year-olds carl burke carrying a standard to the Curra. the british two-year-olds are back
0: <laughs> they're back they're back with the bang uh fallen angel for what it's worth is now four to seven uh sorry that's a lie that's a lie oh my god Fallen Angel is seven to four from six to one for the Phillies Mile, and is currently ten to one for next year's one thousand guineas. For what it's worth, but great for Carl Burke. Um, very much with a stranglehold on good two-year-olds over here, and then going and taking now, I, one.
3: I'll tell you, Vanessa, great for Steve Parkin. Oh. I tell you, he he is some man to give it a kick when he has a winner. Uh, honestly, I, I, I happened to be standing relatively near him um, both days when he had his winners. And, oh my God, you'd be in fear for your life immediately after he's had a winner. You you know Joey Cullen. He happened to be yes. standing beside him yesterday. And poor old Joey got bear hugged and slapped and all sorts. Uh, was uh, jo- Joey's a podcast listener as well. he got a kick out of that. But um, he gives it some kick. This was a homebred filly for, for that team, which would make it sweeter. And I remember her damn really well. Agnes Stewart would have been... One of Steve Parkin's first big winners on the flat. And um, Eddie Lynham trained her. And uh, she actually, the the, the beautiful symmetry of of the bloodstock world, Vanessa. Agnes Stewart went over for the Phillies Mile and was just touched off by a Philly called Together Forever, who we now know as the Dam of City of Troy. Wow. Um, So the the, the two mammies fought it out um, nine years ago. And uh, fast forward um, nine years and we all, they would they might have had a, a Group 1 double with their two-year-olds in slightly different circumstances. But, yeah, um, yeah it's been and pretty I'm cool and And i not right
0: now. in saying that the dam has passed away and was one of Steve Parkin's favourites. So they called Fallen Angel, Fallen Angel as a nod to the dam, I think. Yeah, but Steve well, Parkin's some man, mm-hmm. we probably don't give him enough kudos, really, because obviously great supporter of the game for a long time. Real family affair, incredibly passionate they give it a good kick. They've got a great team around them. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone sort of except TC would disgruntle them. Oh, no,
2: I don't, look, everyone knows my like, <laughs> view on Steve Parkin and PPE contracts. Can't have <laughs> him. Can't have him. Okay, I, th- I think the, that I think I
3: think sto- the, the story went at the time, if I recall, that at the very very beginning of the pandemic. You know, we don't want to get political, but the, at the very beginning of the pandemic, the British government were like really really struggling. With the logistics to get what they needed into the country, and I think they put up the the, the bat symbol for Steve Parkin, and he right. he rolled he rolled in and yeah. and got things moving where others were failing. Um, I don't, I, it's not for me to comment on anything that happened afterwards, but that yeah. was the that that's the way the, I that's the the way I think it started off, and I.
0: Okay, we need to move on. We're going to rattle through the next few horses very quickly. Each of you just one. I'm going, to, going to, only going to come to one of you for each of these. Uh, Brendan, you can take Kitty Rose, uh, was a big winner of the opening race on Irish Champions Weekend, the listed race, big filly. She's now two from two. And I, I'd guess that they've had a fair few offers for her, this small team and an ownership group. She's looking like a nice prospect
1: very much so um we talked about her after our nace when she is a yeah. She lo- you loved her in debut didn't you brendan yeah well well i i i love the form uh, i know the time bandits weren't particularly taken with her but the the, the, the form did look strong at the time and I, I I was just more we were discussing her in terms of talent drain whether this firm would be able to turn down like mm-hmm. the likely big offers they had after nace they're going to get bigger off- offers after lepers town but the got one of the guys who's in the syndicate was up, obviously completely delighted. They only spent twenty grand on her, uh, and he was talking about supplementing her for the pre marcel Boussac. So they're rolling the big dice. Good luck to them. Natalia Lupini's had an incredible season. Um, Dunham being probably her, her standard bearer, who who ran off his face again on on Saturday in a handicap. Uh, she, she's she's doing doing a great job, and this filly, I mean, content. Probably isn't a star, but she, she kicked her out of the way. She's now beaten three talented Phillies handsomely in two starts. And I don't see why they wouldn't have legitimate Group 1 aspirations.
0: Lovely. All right. Uh, that wraps up Irish Champions Weekend. Very quick mention elsewhere. Bay Bridge back to winning ways at Kempton on the all weather has been cut to seven to one from tens for the champion stakes and is in at 20s for the arc. That was clearly a stepping stone to other things. Kevin Blake, you can take him, but it's a stepping stone to what, please, sir?
3: Oh, I, I, I want to assume British champion stakes again. I didn't hear any post race now. I just saw the race and um, beforehand it looked an obvious stepping stone to that. Won the race last year. Um likes to be a little bit fresh, so I think he's going to have five, five or maybe even six weeks in between, which is ideal. And uh, yeah, lovely. Um, Israr didn't run to form, so that eased his task significantly. But um, look, put the rest to bed well. And um, we know on his day that he that he is a proper group one horse. So yeah, on he goes. I'd imagine to ask it.
0: Okay, and then quick mention for Arc Trials Weekend, TC over in France. Uh, Warm Heart won the Prix May, following on from her Yorkshire Oaks success, um, turned the weekend into a good one for James Doyle after the disappointment of Shaquille. She's being cut for various races, Breeders' Cup races. We talked about her for the Breeders' Cup off the back of her York win, and she's really getting her act together now, but that good ground seemingly the key for her.
2: Yeah, warm heart. They they think she's a, won't stay a yard over a mile four. Or so, especially if they get uh, a lot plenty giving the ground. So that was a good performance. I thought fantastic moon was obviously very very good. And it's interesting. I don't know where the horse that beat that that um, horse nation's pride of Charlie Appleby's a, a rare Grade one a Group one winner this season. Nation's mm-hmm. pride hasn't been seen since beating fantastic moon by freelance. I think it was in Hamburg or. Anyway, in Germany in June um, or July. So, yeah, I'm interested to know where Charlie Appleby's nation's pride is because that could be his late season standard set.
0: All right, well, we will keep an eye out for him. And of course, Fantastic Moon beat Feed the Flame, whose pacemaker did not do his job in the pre-neal. And Feed the Flame is unchanged, despite being beaten unchanged at seven to one in the arc, and was many people's takeaways given how he finished the race. But that wraps up our racing review section. Few topics to discuss now. Um, De Frankie Torre, it was in the news this week that he will not be appearing at Listole because of a disagreement over his appearance fee, what he was expecting versus what they could offer. There was too much of a gap to meet, so he won't be at the Listole Festival, which seems like a great loss. Um, and now there's sort of a lot of chat about whether what he should be expecting from these tracks to show up? Should he be asking for this high appearance fee? We don't know what the number is, but should he be? Or is he being greedy to a sport that's treated him very well for decades? Brendan, I'm going to come to you first here to discuss all things the Tory. Do you Mm. think he should just be getting what he can when he can before he wraps Um, up? Or do you think he's being uh, greedy?
1: Absolutely. Business is business. I mean, the sp- people on Twitter were all there, you're always greedy. The sport's been very good to him. Racing can never repay the debt it owes Frankie the Tory. I mean, how long has he been the, 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 the most high profile per- person in British racing as the stock of British racing, certainly in terms of the general media, has been going down and down and down? He's been a complete godsend. I mean, it, the, the, there's a lot of layers. This. I mean, he did shake hands on a deal, apparently for 4 grand and then he jacked it up to 15 grand. I I kind of half read it as that he'd rather be golfing that day he couldn't be arsed down to lestal so he just quoted a number that they knew that that he knew they wouldn't swallow and they said uh no thanks that he can go and play golf but i I was just very surprised by the reaction i mean he likes it. so what if he likes money lester Piggott likes money and it's the story of lore about oh what a great man lester was it's not the worst (laughs) character trait it's not the worst character trait in the world you get you get whatever you can. He came up with a figure. It wasn't acceptable to Le that's that, That's that's a deal. Uh, a, a, a deal that uh, fell down. I suppose a little unfortunate that, that he shook hands on it, but that was way back in the day. It's, a, it's tell storm. Brendan's
2: had a winning week, can't you? I mean, yeah, he's, just... he's, be- he's very forgiving to Keir Derobson, and then he's like... Blatant mercenary tactics by De Tory. He's just waiting you. are a disgrace, Duke. You're a disgrace. We've all got, got to
1: eat. Hey, got Frankie... I'm actually jacking my fee up after this podcast. So that's
2: the <laughs>
0: <a noise>. point <laughs> So am I. So I'm with you, Brendan. I'm with Team Brendan. And you know, De Tory got a new agent looking after him now. Someone else pushing for higher figures, probably. To be honest mm. with you, if I'm being really honest, I bet you he's been underselling himself for too long and he's making up for it now and part of me is yeah no not part of me all of me is with brendan and just that he's getting what he can while he can and if anything we owe the Tory, not the other way around kev um my question to you kev though is in Ireland, I mean, I know there was a big fuss when he tipped up to listole that time, but does he really add that many people to a gate? You've already got Ryan Moore and other top class riders riding there day in, day out. Does the appearance of Frankie De and the threat of a flying dismount really add that many people through a gate?
3: No, no look, I'm sure it adds, and it's I'm sure it adds something, and it's it's great to get a bit of press attention and everything else. And um, you know, is he wrong to to look for an appearance fee? Of course he is course he isn't you know no 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 one's forced to pay it if you want them if if you want something like that to happen it's probably going to cost you um look uh, unfortunate that it's kind of played out publicly like this you can see both sides of it um you know a a man's word is usually his bond um but if you wanted to play devil's advocate the fee that would have been agreed for last year was agreed on its day um but a year later circumstances are different he's on a he's on a farewell tour and um, and prices will understandably go up. And if that's not to everyone's satisfaction, it doesn't get done, and it hasn't got done. And uh, we all move on after a bit of after a bit of heat and thunder, um, in the aftermath. But um, yeah, you know, like the the notion that Frankie. Should be doing things like this out of the good of his heart is a bit naive. Like like Br- Brad Pitts made some great films there in the film industry. has been very good to him, but you don't expect him to rock Thank up you. to events for out of the good of his heart and and and, and gratitude for the for the the the, the living the game has afforded them. Yeah. Um. So look, th- there you go, there you go. And like it's a fair point you make as well, Vanessa. New agent, um, trying to will be very much endeavouring to show how much better they are than the previous agent, and to 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 you know to do a good job. So they'll be squeezing every number um, as best they can to uh, make the number at the end of the year as big as possible.
0: Exactly. Such is life. It's
3: business as business, as Brendan says.
0: Uh, last word to you, TC, on all things affordability checks. Uh, new developments in this department this week, and it's been discussed on ITV Racing and much written about it in the Racing Post as well. What is the update from the government in terms of our affordability checks that are coming our way or that some of us have already had to endure?
2: um Breaking news: Only nine is in the St Ledger.
0: Right, didn't expect that response. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for that. Many of them uh, have you
2: back. What? Sorry?
0: Many of them have you back.
2: I tell hey. you what. Hey. I, I've been writing my St Ledger article. I was yeah. like decrying my position, but I've got. I've had three bets in the race, and they're all in the final nine. Hey, Come yeah. on, <laughs> then! I was literally not liking any of my positions, so. I might have to back double Earth to make it, uh, middle Earth to make it four. Uh, no, um, gambling commission CEO, Andrew Rose was um, interviewed by the, uh, what are they? The uh, culture, media and sports select kit uh, committee last week, Tuesday. Uh, I didn't watch any of it because I had my grandson for the day. Um, but I gather a lot of people weren't very happy uh, with the performance from Rhodes and racing poster carrying on there. They're kind of like, bandwagon at the gambling commission know nothing. And I mean, I'm sure the racing post campaign is well intentioned, but it's one born of self-interest. It's got nothing to do with punters. It's all to do with their business model and stuff like that. And but we nothing has really changed really. Um affordability checks are getting a little a bit silly. I had my run in uh, with a bookmaker last year, but I provided my details and I kick on. But I'm in a minority there. But it has got a lot sillier since then about when the when the affordability um, angle is going to be kind of like presented and asked of punters. So I don't think there is an update of, of sorts anyway, but the, the racing posts are getting very, very critical of the gambling commission. But um, I'm sceptical about their intentions. Um,
0: the one, but it's the same, uh, one, Sorry, Vanessa. No, I was just going to say the one part of it that pricked my ears was the idea of a pilot scheme for truly frictionless
2: Checks to because I missed it. I spoke to Neil Channing about it, and he said it was mildly encouraging for punters, okay. but he said other parts were not very encouraging. So, like all these things, we don't know at the moment. It's okay, it's very similar to the situation in Ireland with your um, if it's going to be on TV still. I'm, I'm yeah, sure. I tell you, is that still that, that's that,
3: that's oh, that's worth talking about now because we had an update on that. Um, a meeting took place with hri and and the relevant minister last week and like it wasn't encouraging that um he he sounds like he's going to stick to his guns um which is is deeply deeply concerning um like this has kind of sneaked up on everyone a little bit in recent weeks but like it's it's as we mentioned like it's really worrying and as we said i think the last time we talked about it like it seems like such a common sense amendment to make that we'd be in danger of sitting back and assuming that of course it'll be made that makes all the sense in the world but it seems like it um it might not happen and uh the minister in question like seems to be on a a pretty serious um personal crusade there i say on this and um because the, the, the there doesn't seem to be logic being applied to the situation so i think we we all need to be very aware of that and um if anyone listening has any political pull or drag um it might be worth utilizing it now because this could uh, Affect all of us in in Irish racing for sure.
2: The parallels with the white paper are quite striking. It's just like common sense should be kicking in, and it just hasn't on, on either on either side.
0: Right. Well, look. Common guys, sense
3: is not very common. No. no.
0: no.
3: That, that, that is Lantella. very true.
0: Shall I give? Yeah. Shall I give you one more one more quote to wrap up? Say goodbye. <laughs> yes, like? please, you ready? Please do. Are you ready? I like this. I like this. The strength of criticism lies in the weakness of the thing criticized. So the strength of criti- me? the strength of criticism, <laughs> yeah. the strength of criticism towards Kevin Stott's ride really lies in the weakness of King of Steel. On the final note, I'm going to put it oh. out there: he's just not the horse they think he is.
2: Can I just can I just flag up this one thing that Jim McGrath tweeted, and I couldn't believe it. It, it was like you. Well, are- no, uh, yeah. Irish people will be sniggering at us. There's no UK-trained runners rated in the 150s in any of the three hurdling divisions for novices.
0: I knew, I actually, yeah. I actually knew that stat because I sat in a room where that stat was wheeled out, and I kept saying that can't be true, but it is.
3: Yeah, hurdling herd, in general is in a it, not in the world's best shape.
0: Anyway. Uh, we need to wrap up guys we need to wrap up what fun that's been thank you to you three as always listeners and viewers out there thank you to you guys and join us again on thursday where we will of course be back with racing only better and tc's saturday betting briefing on twitter spaces as well don't miss all the betfair content coming your way but for now everyone have a good week enjoy yourselves it's a goodbye from us